Well, this morning, I have the good pleasure of sharing on Mother's Day, and I want you to turn to the book of Ruth. We're going to turn to the book of Ruth this morning, and uh, we're going to actually continue this series called Living Generously, and, and today, um, uh, I, I felt like the Lord really began to stir this in my heart uh, two weeks ago. Uh, uh, about what I was to share on this day. I, I don't think I have personally ever spoken about the person that I'm going to speak on because this, uh, although we are going to the book of Ruth and she is certainly the subject, uh, the matriarch of this story is a lady named Naomi. And so today uh, I, I want to speak to you uh, in this series about generosity, a message called Naomi, a mother's generosity. You know, one of the greatest gifts that all of us have, have ever received is the, the gift of a mom. And, and maybe, maybe you didn't have, uh, you, know, uh, you know, your own uh, maybe biological mom, but someone brought you in, an aunt, a grandma, and they served in that motherly role, and they invested in you. And I want to say to you, Today is a day where we need to celebrate that gift, where we need to honor that gift, where we need to say thank you so much for all that you say, all that you do, and perhaps even do a few of those things that we saw in the video that moms never say. Wasn't that a great video? Uh, my favorite is when she prayed and said, all right, kids, let's take out our phones. All right. So great. Well, if, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Ruth chapter 1, Ruth chapter 1, and we're going to begin there. And uh, I, believe, I, I believe moms are, are one of the most generous creatures on the planet. It is something I, I, don't, I don't know that dads are wired the same way instinctively. Dads, we are much more territorial. Um, you know, uh, that it really made me laugh when I saw in the video uh, that the mom says to the child, uh, hey, come climb in my bed at 2 a.m. Uh, this was my life for almost, uh, you know, so many years with five kids. I don't know why, but they loved to just climb. And not on the other side of my wife. They wanted to get between us, okay? And there, there was just something so inviting and so comforting about being in the presence of your mom. And I, if you still have your mom on this planet, bless her today. Uh, if you have, if you carry within you the grace that that your mom uh, had in in her life, then thank God for that. Even if she has gone on to eternity. So today we're going to talk about Naomi and her generosity, and, and I believe there's something in this story that we can all learn uh, from, uh, from Naomi. It's not just a message to moms, it's actually a message to all of us about how we can live generously with people. And so today in Ruth chapter 1, we're going to begin in verse 6. Today I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version, very similar to many of the other versions uh, that you guys uh, have in New King James or NIV, it'll be very similar. So it says this, beginning in verse 6, it says this, Then she set out with her, her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in Moab how the Lord had taken care of his people of Judah in giving them food. So she left the place where she was living, her two daughters-in-law with her, and they started on the way back to the land of Judah. But Naomi 
said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each one of you, return to your mother's house. May the Lord show you kindness, uh, to show kindness to you as you have shown kindness to the dead and to me. May uh, the Lord grant you, uh, may you find rest, each one in the home of her, her husband. Then she kissed them goodbye. They wept aloud and they said to her, Now we will uh, know we will go with you to your people in Judah. But Naomi said, go back, my daughters. Why should you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that may become your husbands? Go back, my daughters, go, for I'm too old to have a husband. And if I said I have hope, and if I actually had a husband tonight and even gave birth to sons, would you wait until until they're grown, would you go without marrying? No, my daughters, for it's much more difficult uh, for me than for you because the Lord's hand has gone out against me. Then they wept aloud again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Then Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Turn back and follow your sister-in-law. But Ruth said... Do not urge me to leave you or to turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord do the same to me as he has done to you. And more also, if anything but death separates me from you. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole city was stirred because of them. And the woman, the women asked, is this Naomi? Now, um, uh, this, this, uh, story is, is filled with twists and turns. What I would recommend to all of you, uh, as, as, as a backdrop to, to this, uh, message that you're going to hear today is that you would go and read the whole book of Ruth. It's only four chapters. It's only going to take you a few minutes and you'll get to see the before and the after of this scene. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll mention that in the sermon today, but I really think that it's really, really important for you to get the scene. Uh, uh, to get the the setting behind Naomi's generosity. Naomi was extremely, extremely generous. And she gave uh, some things that I want to highlight to you that I believe each one of us need to learn how to give away to other people. First thing that she gave to her daughters-in-law is she gave them hope. She gave them hope. Notice what it says in verses 6 and 7. It says, then she set out, listen to this, with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in Moab how the Lord had taken care of his people of Judah in giving them food. So she left the place where she was living, her two daughters-in-law with her, and they started on the way back to the land of Judah. So here you see that it's not only Naomi, but it's both daughters-in-law. Now, what you need to know about this is that Naomi had had not a horrific day, not a horrific month, not a horrific year, but a horrific decade. 
a horrific decade. Her, her husband, because of a famine that was in the land of Judah, Judah, decides that he is going to move her and her two sons to the country of Moab. And because of that famine, they moved to Moab. And while there, her husband dies. Her sons marry two uh, girls from Moab. They marry. They dwell there from uh, uh, about the whole time is about 10 years. And, about, and at the end of that decade, both of her sons die. So she is without husband and without sons and now has two daughter-in-laws from a foreign culture, a foreign land. There, there's not something that naturally meshes between the two, which really sets the stage for Naomi's uh, 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 generosity. You see in Ruth 1, 4, and 5, it chronicles these events. It says they took wives from the Moabite women. The name of one was Orpah and the other was Ruth. They lived there about 10 years. And then uh, Mahalan and Chilon also died. So the woman Naomi was left without her two sons and husband. How many of you understand that you might be devastated having faced all of that? But I want you to see what Naomi does in the midst of all of that devastation, of all of that brokenness. She's still looking for God's goodness. She's still, she's still longing for it. You say, how... How do you get that? The, the, the truth is, it's because verse 6, it says, She heard all the way in Moab how the Lord had taken care of his people of Judah in giving them food. Listen to this. If you were so devastated and you were in such despair, you really wouldn't care how good it was anywhere else. But there was something in Naomi that said, you know what? I hear God is doing something in my old hometown. I hear God is doing something. I hear God is being good. And here we have been in Moab and it's been devastating. But when I hear the stories of God doing something, it gives me hope. It gives me hope. And Naomi, in, this, in, the, in, the, in the excitement of this, begins to prepare not only herself, but her daughters-in-law for the move. She so believed that God was good that she moved her whole household, what was left of it, toward God. She moved the whole household toward God. Notice how many of them set out toward Judah, all three of them. All of them were moved by this hope that she had been giving away. It doesn't say that Ruth heard about the goodness of the Lord. Orpah didn't hear about the goodness of the Lord. It was Naomi. Naomi heard about the goodness of the Lord and it produced hope. Hope enough for a widow to take two daughters with them and aim them at where God was doing something good.
What kind of person in the midst of that kind of devastation still has hope? Here's the kind. It's described in Zechariah, verse 9. I love this description. I love this description of, of God's people. Zechariah, uh, uh, this is right after the prophecy about Jesus riding in on a donkey. And then there is a description about God's people, which I believe applies to both moms and, and believers alike. It says this, as for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today, I declare that I will restore double to you. There was something of this nature that despite losing her husband and losing her sons, there is something that Naomi said, I am a prisoner of hope and I need to return to the stronghold of God, the stronghold of his goodness. I have been stuck in this life, in this moment where I've been running from famine for the last 10 years. But now in this moment, when things are darkest, I begin to hear of God's goodness and I am going to aim my daughters-in-law and my life toward God's goodness. I wonder, church, in an hour where things are so shaken, where things are so uncertain, can we be described as prisoners of hope? Can we be described as the ones who say, you know what, I'm going back to the stronghold. There may have been things in my life that were broken, that hurt me, that stopped me, that, that caused me to, to be in pain. But oh, when I hear about God's goodness, I'm a prisoner of hope. Hope, that joyful expectation that despite what I've gone through in my circumstance, despite any of that, that God will meet me and he will sustain me. See, Naomi gave them hope that God would display his goodness even to them despite the circumstance. And I want to say, moms, thank you for giving the next generation hope. You say, how did I do that? You said, you said things like this, you can be anything you want to be. Can I just tell you, that is pretty unique to our culture. I've been to other nations. There are, there are other nations that don't even live in that kind of awareness. They don't live in that kind of possibility. And I want to I thank you for daring to, no matter what's going on at the house, no matter what kind of devastation you're facing, I want to thank you for aiming your home at a place where God is moving. Aiming your house toward the goodness of God and saying, listen, you know, you know, you know, it's like Job's friend saying to Job, you know, why don't you just give up? Why don't you curse God? It's his wife saying, why don't you just do this? He said, no, 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 no. Though he slay me, yet will I serve him. Why? Because he's good. He's good. And one of the most generous things that we could give away, by the way, it's not just realism. 
It's hope. It's knowing that God is good. And that if I hear about his goodness, I can, I can move my life toward it and experience it for myself. She gave them hope. But I do want to say this to you, and this is, not a, this is not a message on parenting, but this actually would help most of the parents in the room. Uh, one of the most generous things that Naomi gave was a choice. It was actually one of the most wise things that she gave. She gave them a choice. Naomi, on the way to Judah, on the way back to Bethlehem, she turns and looks at them and says these words, go back, each of you return to your mother's house. May the Lord show you kind, kindness and uh, as you've shown to me. May the Lord grant you uh, that, that you find rest in each one of you, your own husband. She kissed them goodbye. There was tears. And they said to her, no, we will go with you to your people in Judah. But Naomi said, go back, my daughters. Why should you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that, you, that could become your husbands? Listen, here's what Naomi did. All while declaring to their these, these daughter-in-laws, these, these foreigners, all while saying there is hope. I'm moving toward God. I'm aiming you in this direction. She turns back to them and says, you have a choice. You have a choice. She goes, she, and she didn't, she didn't uh, paint it with a glossy picture. She says, listen, I, I, I'm too old for this. I can't make you more husbands. I don't want to become, you know, a mom again at my age. And you guys wouldn't wait anyway. Here's what she said. She said, listen, I am going to offer to you the easy choice. Here's the easy choice. I'm giving you the easy choice. You can, you can actually go back. Go back. You can choose yesterday. You can choose yesterday. She said, you can choose yesterday's family. You can choose yesterday's land. Uh, you can choose yesterday's future. Whatever future you might have had before we showed up in your life, I give you this choice. And this was giving them the easy option. A mother's role most often is to present the choices to children that they will have to make on their own in order to determine their future. And isn't that a terrifying thing? Amen. When you look down at people who have not yet fully formed their brains and say, I'm giving you a choice. Here's the easy way. And what Naomi was really saying, there is another way. It's a narrow way. It's not a way many would choose. It's not the easy way. But it is the way towards God's, God's blessing. 
It is the way towards seeing God do something special in your life. And she knew, I have to give them a choice or this will never work. It'll never work. Where did she learn this? She learned this from God himself. In Deuteronomy verse 30, 19 and 20, uh, this, is, this is what it says. It says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give to them. Let me just say to you, if God in Deuteronomy says to his people, I set before you a choice, then one of the most generous things that we could ever do is give a choice to the next generation about whether or not they're going to follow God. We show them the goodness of God. We We show them the right thing to do. We teach them the right thing to do. And then what do we do? We say, I'm headed in that direction. If you'd like to go, that'd be great. But if you don't go, I'm going. I'm going after God. And here's what you need to know. Love only exists in the atmosphere of options. Love only exists in the place and the presence of choice. You see here, he says, choose life that you what, what? That you may love the Lord your God. You can't just train your children to love God, to do those things which are right. You can train them, but then ultimately, You're going to have to let go and have them to begin their own walk in this life. And listen, that is an act of generosity. I love what what Ruth says in the presence of choice. She says, Naomi... Do not urge me to leave you or to turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There I will be buried. May the Lord do the same to me as he has done to you and more often. Also, if anything but death separates me from you. And when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. You know why she said nothing else? It's because she saw that Ruth understood she had a choice. And that out of that choice of choosing that relationship, which didn't come natural, which didn't, which wasn't bound by the glue of culture or great history, she says, I am choosing this way. Naomi said, nothing, and just headed toward God's blessing and said, let's go. You see, I don't know if you know this yet, but sometimes moms say 
only one side of things to get you to choose the opposite. They figured this out. Say, go ahead. Live in your dirty room. What are they really saying? Clean that up. But they want, they want what? They want a child to make a choice. You're going to have to make a choice. And here Ruth, in the presence of a choice, chooses to not only love Naomi, she chooses to love God. She chooses to love God. And listen, everyone under the sound of my voice needs to hear this. The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And God says, it's your choice. There's an easier way. There's the way of yesterday, the way of sin. But there is another way. It's the way of life. It's the way of surrender. And I want, I want to say thank you, moms, for showing us Choosing to love God is the best option, no matter what. Lastly, I want to I kind of highlight this. Naomi gave Ruth an opportunity. She gave her an opportunity. Now, this is the part that... Unless you read the whole story and kind of get it down, down in your heart, you may overlook this. But Ruth 119 says, So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole city was stirred because of them. And the women asked, Is this Naomi? Is this Naomi? And I, I would like to suggest to you that it was Naomi's history in Bethlehem that created Ruth's opportunity. It was Naomi's history of being a woman of virtue and of life and of adding to the culture of this tiny town called Bethlehem at the time. It was Naomi's history that created Ruth's opportunity. Listen, never underestimate the doors God has opened to you because of your parents. Never underestimate the things that, that God has done for you because of the people that he has put in your life to go before you. Never under, it may not be, you say, well, I didn't have a believing mom or a dad, but I guess what? I bet you had a spiritual mom or dad, somebody pouring into your life, somebody praying for you, somebody who had built a history with God, somebody who had, ha, had been there a few more times, who had walked through some dark hours and were still walking. And when they come into the room, people say, oh, wow, I know who they are, but since you're hanging out with them, since you're connected to them, I promise you that is what what opened a door to your opportunity. The, the anointing that rests on your life, the grace that rests on your life, the idea that, that your parents might pioneer 
They might pioneer a work. Listen, I love this idea that, that there can finally come one who breaks a generational curse in a family. That there could finally come one that said, listen, it, there's been alcoholics in my family for generations, but it stops right here. It stops with me. It ends with me. And because your parents had a history in God, you didn't have to fight that battle. Because the curse was broken. And we need to be grateful for those who had come before us in that pioneering spirit. Those who had gone before us and forged away. I think if many of us had to live in the 16 and 1700s, we would die in short order. There is no Starbucks, no Dunkin' Donuts. We would actually have to grow a garden. Immediately, there would be no Nutrisystem or need for Weight Watchers because <laughs> we wouldn't be eating. <laughs> Never underestimate the doors that God opens to you because of those who have gone before you, the moms who have made a way. Uh, uh, let me, let me uh, add this to, the, to this thought. Naomi showed Ruth the way to Bethlehem. Ruth had been in Moab her whole life. There's no evidence Ruth had ever been to Bethlehem. Never been there. And I want you to understand that Naomi, she, her name, by the way, means sweet. Anybody ever have a sweet mama? Now, she had been through some stuff. You read the whole story. She said, don't call me sweet. Call me bitter because of everything I've been through. But ultimately, at the end of the story, she's like, you can call me sweet again. <laughs> read the whole story. It's, it's beautiful. But Naomi shows Ruth how to get to Bethlehem. This is beautiful. Bethlehem means house of bread. Naomi shows Ruth how to get to a place where there will come spiritual nourishment. I love this. I love this about God. This is so good. God loves to turn things around. See, over a decade ago, they left the house of bread because there was no bread. When a, when a, th that place, in their mind, wasn't living up to its name. So they left and went to Moab. Not a good idea. I would have stayed in the house of bread. That's another sermon. I'm going to leave that alone right there. But she shows, she, she says... It says, all these years ago, I left the house of bread. I'm, I'm over here experiencing all of this loss. I hear hope again. Why? Because I heard there's bread back in the house of bread. And I'm going to take Ruth, who has made a choice to follow me and to follow God, and I'm going to show her where the bread is. Jesus said this, I am the bread come down from heaven. You know where he was born, right? Everybody say it out loud. Bethlehem. Bethlehem. 
Naomi showed her where true nourishment would come from for the whole world. I love this. Micah 5.2 says, But you, Bethlehem, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth, uh, shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. It is saying, out of Bethlehem is coming the bread that will satisfy the world. And Naomi is taking her to the house of bread. The only thing she didn't know, Ruth was totally unaware of, is that the bread was coming through her. It was coming through her, a Moabitess, the unlikely one, the one with no history, the the one with no qualifications. Oh, it's so good. She gets them there and she gets redeemed by this man named Boaz who never left Bethlehem, by the way. And when they show back up, that guy is so rich and wealthy, it's crazy. And she comes back in and she finds a redeemer. She finds, Ruth finds a redeemer. And she is redeemed by Boaz and becomes his wife. And then suddenly this Moabitess with no connection to God at all. Because of the the generosity of her sweet mama-in-law. Positioned Ruth to change the world. The very end of Ruth, verses 16 and 17 says this. Then Naomi took the child, the child of Ruth and Boaz, and placed him on her her lap, and she became his nurse. And the neighbor, neighbor women gave him a name saying, a son, a grandson has been born to Naomi. And they gave him the name Obed which means worshiper. He is the father of Jesse, who is the father of David, the ancestor of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, it was Naomi's generosity that unlocked God moving in power through a girl who didn't know God, who only knew, man, my husband's dead. I don't have any hope, but my mother-in-law's got hope that there's a God who will supply, who is, who is good, who will meet me. If I, and I don't care. I don't see any of that hope in that old land, but I see something in this woman who has gone through so much in losing her husband and losing her sons and yet she still says God is good and I only need to get to the place where his goodness is moving. Ruth said I I haven't seen hope like that so I I am staying with her even though the road may be hard. And as a result of that choice Ruth ends up In the genealogy of Jesus. I wonder today. If any of you. Have underestimated. The greatness. Of being led to a place. Where God's goodness can be displayed. 
not only to you, but in you and then through you. Never underestimate what it's like to follow someone who has hope until you meet the giver of hope. The giver of hope, his name is Jesus. And out of brokenness, out of this life of devastation and loss, comes a woman who was unqualified, and yet she chooses love and chooses God, and God says, then I choose you. I want you to know today on this Mother's Day that God wants you to choose Jesus today. He wants you to choose life today. He sets it before us, each one. Life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. Receive of the generosity of God that your life may produce what God wants it to produce.